I didn't want to give up eating what I wanted, drinking when I wanted. I didn't want to give anything up. I couldn't see beyond what I had to give up instead of what I had to gain. Welcome to The Work In Between, the podcast that explores the topics and daily habits and actions that get us to our health-related goals. Whether you're trying to lose weight, improve your mental or emotional health, or working on your spiritual journey, you're in the right place. In 2021, I was diagnosed with diabetes and was morbidly obese. I was already a three-time cancer survivor, so I knew I had to do something to turn my life around. So I did. I lost over 100 pounds and began transforming my life inside and out. I'm living my best life, and I want you to live your best life, too. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Gretchen Holmes, and this is The Work in Between. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was to tell the stories about people who are working through the same issues we are, people who figured out how to navigate the challenges and events that easily derail us. As we all know, life doesn't stop because we decide to get healthy. Life keeps happening. I created the Transformational Journey series because I wanted to highlight the people and the stories that inspire and help us to keep moving forward. I learn the best from people who, despite obstacles and setbacks, keep showing up every day, finding solutions and doing it with a positive attitude. I find their stories motivating, and I know you will too. Today, I'm talking with Keisha Jackson, who has transformed her life by losing 70 pounds and continues to do the daily work necessary to maintain her healthy lifestyle. I can't wait for her to share how she did it and find out what she's up to now. Welcome to the show, Keisha. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start at the beginning. Where does your story begin? If you could take us back to when you realized you needed to do something different and what motivated you to make those changes? So in August of 2020, you know, we were in the very beginnings of the COVID-19 pandemic. I was working from home and I felt like, what was I going to do during this pandemic? What was I going to come out on the other side with? And at the time I was hypertensive and obese, and those were indicators of a poor outcome for the virus. I knew that I was going to have a grandchild down the road, and I really just wanted to make a change. I wanted to decrease my risk for the virus, and I also wanted to be healthier for my grandchild so that I could be the fun grandma, the active grandma. That's interesting because those were two of the same reasons that motivated me. Had you tried in the past? How long had you been overweight? I've been overweight pretty much for the last 25 years, at least 50 pounds or more at different points. I have tried various things to lose weight. I'm a nurse by trade. I kind of knew basically what I needed to do, but really just never was able to make those lifestyle changes. So what programs have you tried? I've tried Weight Watchers. I've tried Sugar Busters, Keto, and basically calorie counting, exercise, had moderate success. I would lose 20, maybe 30 pounds at the most, but I would always gain it back. So why do you think that those programs didn't work for you? Was it timing? Was it mindset? Was it 
that those particular diets or programs didn't work well with your lifestyle? What do you think was the problem? I think that mainly I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to do the work and make the changes. I didn't want to give up eating what I wanted, drinking when I wanted. I didn't want to give anything up. I couldn't see beyond what I had to give up instead of what I had to gain. I think most of us relate to that because the way we look at diet and healthy eating in this culture is that it's all about having to give something up. It's about deprivation. It's about restriction. When in reality, when you're eating the right foods, the healthier foods, I don't know about you, but I tend to eat more than I ever did. It's just differently. For me, I know it was all about mindset, and that's why I was successful, because I had tried multiple times over my entire life. But for you, what finally really clicked for you? The program that I chose did most of the math for me, and it has predictable weight loss. And that allowed me time to focus on mindset, to focus on on the reasons why I was overeating. I ate for so many reasons, not really for nutrition or hunger. I ate because I was tired. I ate because I was bored. I ate because I was celebrating. I ate because I was sad. I ate for a multitude of reasons. So once I could focus on all of the reasons why I was eating and change my mindset to food as fuel instead of comfort or celebration and on all that, I started to feel better. And once I started to feel better, my mind cleared up. I realized how what I was eating and how I was eating impacted my mood, my performance, my movement, pretty much everything in my life. Once I stopped eating all the things that made me feel poorly and could see the difference in how much better I felt when I was eating on a regular basis, I was eating nutritional food. You know, before it was, I was eating a lot of calories, but none of the calories had any nutrition in them. So I was always hungry. So once I started to focus on the nutrition and the quality of the calories that I was eating, everything just improved. Yeah, I find our bodies really do reward us when we eat healthfully. When I look back on what I used to eat, my poor body was starving. I was morbidly obese, but I was starving myself. Nothing I ate was healthy. It wasn't nutritious. I wasn't getting vitamins. I wasn't I wasn't getting anything other than a lot of fat and carbs and whatnot. So what types of behaviors were the most difficult for you to change at the beginning? Are there certain things that you struggled with more than others as you were trying to make these changes? I think the thing that I struggled with the most was that I was just mad that I couldn't eat what I wanted to eat. What I want to eat makes me feel good. So I choose that, you know, but at first I really struggled with, well, why can't I eat that? I had the same thing. The first few times that I seriously tried to lose weight, I was really angry and I felt sorry for myself and I was mad at the world and I didn't understand why I was being punished. Why shouldn't I be able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want? And that got me absolutely nowhere, absolutely nowhere. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that we're angry, that we are feeling sorry for ourselves or whatever the emotions are, because to think that we are going to just step into this new way of living without having any of those emotions, 
Well, I don't think that's true. I think we all have to go through whatever the emotional journey is to understand more about why we are eating and why does it make us so angry that we can't have cake or pie or fried chicken whenever we want it. Because in reality, that shouldn't be that upsetting. So obviously there's more to it than just the food. It's why we're eating that food. What is it serving for? Why are we self-medicating with food to begin with? Do you have any idea why you were self-medicating other than I know boredom and anger and sometimes people smoke instead of let their emotions run free. But for me, it was due to a lot of childhood issues and stuff that I can clearly track back. But I'm always curious as to why other people self-medicate with food. You know, I never really thought about it as self-medicating with food. I'm sure I did. I mean, I ate when I wasn't hungry. I ate when I was stressed. I ate when I was sad. I'm not really sure. I don't know if that was just a, a learned behavior I think that what needed to change was I needed to view it as when you smoke, you can quit smoking. You don't have to have cigarettes, but you have to eat <laughs> to understand what our body needs, macronutrients, micronutrients. You know, we need all the food groups. We need all of those things for our bodies to function and to be healthy. Just getting to the point, changing my mindset to where food is fuel and that there is time to eat cake. You know, I've said that all the time. Just because I lost weight doesn't mean I don't eat cake. There's always a time to eat cake, but the choice to eat cake all the time doesn't serve my body and it doesn't have any nutritional value. So for the most part, I try to make healthier choices that serve my body, help me feel good, and in turn was able to lose weight because those self-medicating foods where it's too much alcohol, too much pizza, too much cake, too much whatever, that made me feel so much worse. And I didn't realize it until I felt better. Let me ask you this. What was the hardest part of all of the behaviors that you changed? What did you find to be the toughest? Consistency in the beginning, consistency. And the odd thing is one of the difficult things, once I made those choices, once I stopped putting so much energy into my excuses as to why I couldn't lose weight, and I think a lot of us do that, we we put so much energy into why we can't do it instead of just doing it. Once I got past that and made those choices, when I was around friends or peers, I felt like there was almost like a reverse discrimination where I would sit down to lunch and I would have what I brought for me because that's what made me feel good. And people would make comments that I made them feel bad because of the way that I was eating. That was something that was really difficult for me as I lost weight was the lack of support or the criticism that I was making them feel bad. But honestly, it's because they knew that what they were eating wasn't what they needed to eat either, just like I knew the things that I needed to not eat. But that was something that was really difficult for me. Once I was able to stop putting more energy into excuses and I made those choices for myself and I realized how much better I felt, it helped push me more towards my goal. And then the response I got from people was really surprising for me and still is to this day. How so? Just the, that... You know, when you decline a piece of cake or you decline another drink, or if you decline something, people are kind of get offended 
And it's like misery loves company. We can all sit around and eat from all of this, but if someone's making a choice for them that's different and outside of that, it makes you feel a little bit of an outsider. People don't talk very much about the social pressures and the peer pressure that comes along when you're trying to make some changes, whatever that is. If you hang out with your friends and everybody smokes and you decide to quit smoking, you get a lot of grief for that. When you are with your friends and you don't eat as much or drink as much, you get a lot of pushback for that. And I know a lot of people who just give in because they don't know quite how to extricate themselves from that situation without making everybody feel bad, which is never the intent when we are trying to eat healthfully and graciously decline food, whether it is, for example, people during the holidays who bake for you and because that's how they show they love you and they bring it to you and it looks delicious and they're waiting for you to take some or eat some right then and there. And sometimes I would have to say, you know, I will take this home. I'm just not very hungry right now. It smells delicious. And sometimes it was given to the neighbors. I mean, because I don't necessarily feel like I have to be pressured or should be pressured into eating food that I don't want to eat. But it's a real delicate balance trying to not offend people yet maintain your own boundaries. And I know that you had challenges with that, as you just talked about. But there is a lot of food pushing that goes on in this culture. 100%. And it's very pervasive. I don't sit and go, good golly, are you really going to eat that big old burger? I don't ever <laughs> say that to anybody, but I would, people would say, is that all you're going to eat? And I would be like, yes, you know. <laughs> I think it makes people uncomfortable, right? So yeah. if you're sitting there and you're eating relatively healthfully and they're not, it becomes the conversation, even though I don't know why we're commenting on each other's food anyway, right. but that's what we do. <laughs> I found that sometimes it put people, not just myself, but them kind of in this really awkward place. And so I tried to make people feel better because I don't want anyone to feel bad. But I also often had to stand my ground because I didn't want somebody forcing me into eating, even though I don't know that they were doing it purposefully or from a negative place. But I agree with you. I think it was because it made them feel better and not as guilty or whatever. So I do think that's something that happens a lot more than people think it does. But we both learned how to navigate that a little more effectively and successfully without hurting people's feelings. And I think that's just a skill that kind of comes along with navigating losing weight. So what was the easiest part? What did you think you were going to have trouble with? And then you ended up going... Well, that wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. So really none of it was easy. <laughs> oh, honest. I like honesty. <laughs> I think that once I made the decision, because I had failed at so many other diets, and I thought I didn't want to tell anybody that I was trying to lose weight again. <laughs> yeah. But once I started to have some success at it and some confidence and really could start working on focusing back on my why instead of my excuses, like I said, it was easier. Now that I'm at the phase where I've been at my weight for a while and my weight fluctuates off and on, 
I think now the weight loss phase looks easy. <laughs> but the maintenance phase is harder because now I have to continue to implement because you can't just go on a diet, lose weight, and then go back to what you were doing before. You have to have new habits. And so at the place that I'm at now, the weight loss phase looks easy. <laughs> I agree. I tried that whole approach of losing weight and then going back to my old habits probably six or eight dozen times. And no, it doesn't work very well. I think maintenance can be challenging. Did you find you were addicted to seeing that number go down on the scale? I did. I'm trying to find a healthy balance. I needed to lose weight and I did. So now I have to figure out really where my body needs to be. I liked myself at my lowest weight, but I don't think I was really necessarily healthy. My hair and my skin have improved since I've gained just a tad back and I've been exercising a lot more. And so I'm in a different place where I'm not in the diet mindset anymore. I'm in a fitness mindset now, which to me is the next stage for what I had wanted when I started this was not just weight loss was, you know, health. I'm 56 years old. I have come to believe that muscle is the fountain of youth. Not that I want to be a giant bodybuilder, but I think that as we age, we need to add muscle, maintain muscle so that we have balance and less risks for falls and things of that nature. So on your program, did they help guide you through your inner work? Absolutely. They have a life book that you work through that really kind of helps you identify what behaviors were contributing to you making choices that were not towards health and more towards habits of disease, which overeating and definitely a large community of support and a coach, someone who I spoke to every week. During my weight loss phase, sometimes we talked about struggles I had. Sometimes we didn't talk about weight loss at all. She just sat there and supported me and listened to me. And that was a huge factor for me. She was instrumental just by being there. I knew she was there. And I also didn't want to let her down. (laughs) So that was a big motivating factor for me. Um, Not that she cracked the whip on me or anything like that. She literally just would sit and listen to me for 20 minutes just talk about my day. And that made a huge impact on me. She really cared about me and it helped me care more for myself. So yes, the program that I was on definitely gave you a lots of opportunities and to work on yourself. And people who don't do that, then you can't make a lifestyle change because you go back to what you were doing before. So those are integral parts um, of any kind of weight loss program. I agree. I think if we don't do that work, we can't make enough changes to fix whatever was going on. And so you and I have had many conversations about the internal work that's necessary. And I like hearing that there are coaches or even workbooks or journals or whatever. I mean, it can take all sorts of different forms, but I don't think it is something you can just do in your head by yourself and figure it out. I think that is incredibly difficult to do because we're very good at denial. We're really good at justification. And I do best when I have people in my corner who care enough about me to have real conversations with me, not mean conversations, but just real. Let's be honest. Let's really talk this through. Are you sure that's what's going on? 
I was lucky. I have a lot of people who care about me, so they wouldn't let me go off the deep end and make all sorts of excuses when I finally got my act together and made the choice to to get healthier. And I still have those amazing people in my corner, but I ended up in therapy because I really wanted to go back and work on and heal those issues that were causing my overeating. And I'm still a work in progress. There's no question about it. I think it's something that we all have to stay on this probably forever because it is such a slippery slope. If we think we got this and we don't have to be as attentive to it, I think that's when we will start sliding and starting to lose our focus because we do, as you said, we have to eat. And it's really easy to grab an extra serving or an extra helping and just pick up a few extra nuts and a few of those. And not it's not that I am so strict that I don't do that, but I do catch myself and make sure that I don't do that for a long time period because then I'm in trouble. You know, I've had that similar type conversation with a couple of my friends who are innately thin, and this may be an unpopular way to say this, but I will always be a fat girl. (laughs) I have, there's a different mentality. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is that I have a couple friends who are innately thin. They don't, their weight doesn't ever fluctuate um, very much. They may celebrate and overeat or overindulge, but they naturally will back off and eat less for the next couple of days without even thinking about it. And that's what I mean by my fat girl mentality is that I would eat, overeat, celebrate. And then the next day I would just say, well, I ate too much yesterday. There's no chance I'm going to be on a diet today. And I would continue and do it day after day after day, instead of self-regulating to where if you did have a couple extra handfuls of nuts or whatever, you just back off for a few days. And that's something that I've learned now that I'm still learning and still have to implement is you have a celebration, you know, I had my birthday, had Easter, had all of that this past week. So this week I have to be a little bit more careful a little more mindful, make sure that I get my three vegetables in on every meal and that I'm doing my lean protein. Make sure that you're doing all of those things. I'm eating every couple hours and I'm hydrating. All of those things so that I can regulate and maintain. That's such a good point. I find myself having to be very conscious about doing that. I would love to get to the point where it is natural to back off. I do think a lot of people think that it's all or nothing. Either you are 100% super strict or Katie bar the door and I'm going to eat everything (laughs) in sight. The reality of it is the healthy way to do it is what you've just said, which is absolutely enjoy the holidays. But that doesn't mean that you eat like crazy for two solid weeks. It means enjoy the day, enjoy Christmas Eve, enjoy Christmas Day, but you don't have to use that as an excuse to overeat for 12 consecutive days. Just enjoy, be present, absolutely, but don't go crazy. And then during those other days, eat normally and it all will balance out. And that's how we learn to eat like normal people. Because that's what we've had to learn how to do. And so I love that example. If you had to choose your top three strategies that contributed the most to your success that you did every day, what would they be? Plan. Have healthy options readily available. 
We don't keep things in the house that don't serve us on a regular basis so that if I'm hungry, I can choose from something that is nutritious and healthy for me. Number one thing would be plan. The second was find yourself a community of like-minded people. I think that I was talking about some of the reverse discrimination I felt because of my food choices. It is helpful to be around people who have health and wellness on the forefront of their mind, whether it's health and wellness, weight loss. At this point, I have moved to more of a fitness mindset. So that's who I surround myself with additionally now, because that feeds into that goal as well. I mean, just like if you're a spiritual person, you are going to do prayer on a regular basis, read your Bible to increase your spiritual life. You have to do that with your health as well. You need to surround yourself with people who are like-minded. And the last would be to get the best sleep I can every night, because if I wake up tired, I'm more likely to make poor choices. I just feel like getting enough sleep every night. I wake up with the right attitude. I'm able to crush my goals. I'm able to get through my day and make healthy choices. I make poorer choices when I'm really, really tired and cranky. All excellent daily strategies. The one thing that you mentioned that I talk about all the time is being consistent, making sure whatever those small daily habits are, we do them every day. Those daily habits build and we get huge outcomes from those daily habits. I think people in general feel like they have to do these grandiose, big scale, large types of things. And we don't. It's the small, consistent daily habits that over time get big results. And that's, of course, the whole reason for this podcast is to focus on those type of things. But I was astounded as I was going through my weight loss period, how just these small little habits added up to losing 112 pounds. Any last pieces of advice for anybody who may be struggling, trying to find their footing with any health-related goal, but specifically for weight loss? I would say don't give up. Love yourself enough to prioritize your health. You can't take care of those around you if you're drowning. Even on the airplane, they say for the mama to put her mask on first. And I think As women, we often take care of everything else but ourselves, but I think it's okay to love yourself enough to prioritize your health. Well said. I'm afraid we're out of time, but this has been so much fun. It's been a great discussion about what it takes to be successful. Thank you for sharing your story. It's been an honor to have you on the show, and I do hope you'll come back. I would love to. I really appreciate the opportunity to share, and I hope that it helps somebody. Oh, I have no doubt that it will. A quick reminder that this podcast will be available on my website, GretchenHolmesPhD.com. Make sure you check it out. There you'll find some great resources along with my previous podcasts. Feel free to drop me a line if you'd like. I'd love to hear from you. And make sure you sign up for my podcast alerts and notices of upcoming events. Finally, from me to you, remember to love and celebrate yourself now today. Don't wait until you feel worthy. You already are. Loving yourself is the only way to good health. Until next time. The information on this podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. 